Attention all international medical students and graduates. Are you looking to improve your residency competitiveness and achieve your dream program match? Look no further. Introducing the 2023 IMG Roadmap course, the online program that will boost your personal and professional growth. This comprehensive course offers life cohort-based coaching from a seasoned expert, me, along with personalized feedback, templates, and even demos. You'll leave with a solid understanding of your personalized IMG journey and the skills you need to enhance it. You'll ditch the overwhelm, and the best part? You can learn at your own pace from anywhere in the world. Whether you're a first-year medical student or a graduate seeking concise, practical coaching to improve your CV, this is the perfect investment for a successful career in the U.S. The IMG Roadmap is here. Be the first to know when the doors open in April of 2023. Sign up right now at drninaloom.com forward slash waitlist. Again, that's drninaloom.com forward slash waitlist. The IMG Roadmap is the only podcast dedicated to coaching international medical graduates and success blueprints for this unique pathway. I am Dr. Nina Loom, your host, a previous IMG turned hospital medicine physician, healthcare administrator, speaker, and coach. I empower, encourage, and equip you with actionable steps that you can take towards the residency position of your dreams. bring her on on my life today we're going to talk about how women can advance in their business and professional life so it's going to be a really interesting conversation because all of you guys probably already know i work both as a nine-to-five and i'm also an entrepreneur so it's good to have another expert in this call as well so i'm going to introduce dr nina loom now onto this live uh i think i just accepted it now oh no hi 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 tammy how are you i'm good how are you doing i'm doing well doing well all right i'm glad i was able to join i was having some tech technical difficulties there for a second but it looks like it's taken care of oh yeah i can hear you perfectly i can see you perfectly as well awesome oh, yes awesome i was really excited about this life because i've been also been studying your page a lot and you know, the wedding that I saw is really, really nice. So congr congratulations again on your wedding. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And it's just really good to see like how, you know, how well you're doing as well. I saw like your business page as well. And I saw that mm -hmm. you also help like international medical graduates. And I just thought that was really awesome because I myself, I'm a, I'm not, not really international. I don't know whether it's called international, but I am from the Netherlands, so I can remember when I moved from Netherlands to the UK, it was also a different experience for me. So it's really good to have you on here. Yeah, um, thank hi. you well. I can see your people here as well. <laughs> yeah, I said thank you well. You speak Dutch, don't I guess. Yes, thank you well. That means that. By the way, guys, that means thank you. Thank you well. <laughs> yeah, I lived in Curacao for um, almost three years. Three years. And they, yeah, and they spoke Dutch there. I've been to the Netherlands once before um Amsterdam and The Hague just to visit but I I don't know I guess living in Curacao I remember some words in Dutch just because the people spoke Dutch um yeah, yeah so that's that's the little I know about the Netherlands 
That's so cool because I've always wanted to visit Curacao, and I know that it's like one of the coloni Dutch colonies. Yeah, I've never been, yeah. It's so beautiful, and there's so many like. Um, well, they don't call themselves Curacao; they call them Antil Antillian. Well, that's in Dutch. Antillian. Yeah. So there's the they also there's a lot of them as well in the Netherlands. So that's really mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have so many of my friends that left the island and went to school in the Netherlands. And so I was just thinking about them. I'm like thinking of words. Don't worry. The words will come to me during this life. I'll just blurt them out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So even I can also teach you some words. So like um, a, a, a popular Dutch word, like if you want to know how to say hello in Dutch, you can say hi or hello. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Remember <laughs> so, hello. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Oh, goeie dag. Yeah. That means good day. Yeah. Good day. Goeie dag. But it's very hard That's because awesome. of Yeah. The accent. <laughs> Yeah, someone even said we look similar. Yeah. <laughs> well, we better. We have the same filter on. I know. Brittany, have on. Brittany? Um, I don't know. It's uh, It just popped at the bottom here. I don't know the name of it. Oh, Brittany is nice. But there's one filter that I've seen that you use that I actually kind of stole from you. That's really, really nice with the lashes on. That one's so nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a filter. I like filters. But I also yeah. like the natural look. But filters are fun. Why not? Why not? Just advance, you know make it more nicer. <laughs> yeah. But yes, Zatunina, Loom, tell us more about you because I know there's a lot of people probably already know who you are, but yeah. Tell us about, you know, other people that don't know who you are. Tell us more about you. Well, thank you first of all for inviting me to your platform to um, speak on, you know, how we as young women can advance our professional and personal lives simultaneously. Um, I'm an immigrant from Cameroon. I live currently in the state of Tennessee in the US. Um, and I'm a physician uh, trained in family medicine. And along with that, I have developed a company, one of many companies, but the main one I do on social media is around IMG education and support. Um, and IMG is a physician that trained in another country and moved to the US in order to um, assimilate and integrate and be able to practice medicine here. Um, and so I cater to that population directly through my podcast, which is a great free resource for physicians who are looking for advice and tips and how other physicians have made it through this pathway. Um, I also have a blog where I blog and give out, you know, free information in regards to that same pain point. Um, and then on the business side, I coach uh, through an educational program, um, which occurs twice a year. And also I do one-on-one one -on -one coaching for students that need more attention. Mm -hmm. So in a nutshell, that's what I do. Um, I enjoy it because I've been able to influence and help and support physicians get into the workforce. And so usually once they get into residency, my job is done. And mm -hmm. I just let them carry on and hopefully they can turn around and support somebody else through the process. Um, I've coached probably at this point over the last I counted, it's definitely over 300 IMGs. Um, and over the last few years, even before it became a business or before it became a structured entity, it was something I was already doing since I was in medical residency. So it's been a great um, experience for me. It's been a growing experience. It's a learning experience. I learn from my students just about life um, while I'm also influencing and and uh, being able to really hold their hand and direct them as to the paths that are gonna work for them. Because it's not a one, you know, it's not a cookie, what do you call it? Like one size fits all. You know, it usually has to be tailored to different experiences, different backgrounds, um, different 
uh, just in just different situations. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, in a nutshell, that's what I do. I'm on Instagram also at Dr. Nina Loom, for those who don't know. And I also have a page, which is the IMG Roadmap, IMG Roadmap, which is a bit, basically stands for the International Medical Graduate Roadmap. The definition is in the word itself. Like mm -hmm. we are a trademark entity and this is what we do. We help international medical students and graduates get a roadmap for their application process into residence. Nice. That's so fantastic. Like I really admire the work that you're doing and it's so good to see that as well. Like it, you're probably like you said that you, you coach 300 people. That means you've impacted a lot of lives. Like, especially like, can you talk a bit more because there's a lot of like international medical students, like what type of hardships do they usually face and how do they differ from someone that is non-international? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, in the context of being in the States um, or migrating to the States as a physician or a medical student from another country, um, there are so many diverse sort of obstacles that are expected, right? Um, the first one is usually for those that are non-U.S. persons, meaning they're not U.S. permanent residents or citizens, they have to deal with the immigration process, which is a whole separate ball game. Um, so that's usually the first thing. But then beyond that, there are academic uh, sort of roadblocks that you need to sort of overcome, which usually circle around making your application to be as competitive as the U.S. person, meaning the person that graduates from a medical school that's located here within the States. Mm -hmm. And so the background that the physician may come in with could be very different from what is familiar to the U.S. system. Mm -hmm. And so that's usually where there becomes a discrepancy between um, what you have versus what is considered the norm. Mm -hmm. And so you have to sort of tailor your application and tailor your portfolio to mirror, in a sense, what is wanted by these programs here. And so that application preparation phase is really a huge part of what I do is helping these doctors know exactly what they should be doing as individuals. Um, and then you have other things, you know, language barriers for those whom English is not the first language, um, because you have to write a personal essay, you have to write um, an application form and be able to defend your cause within that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's, that's a huge part of it. Um, but yeah, there are several different factors, immigration factors, academic factors, language factors, social factors. Also, you have people that are coming in with different backgrounds, different financial situations, different, um, uh, you know, home situations that mm -hmm. affect their ability to do well on their exams and mm -hmm. on all the different requirements that it takes to to be a competitive applicant okay so it's kind of sounds like it's a person like it's a personalized yeah personalized experience for each person so it depends as well like which country they're from and then also like you said their financial situation their language barrier and that depends on what their roadmaps will be to become like a physician like yourself or right right so everybody can't fit the same mold and that's probably one of the things that you know IMGs are now getting to understand especially those within my program it's even though there is a rubric even though I have this seven-step method that I use I think you're mute I can't hear you oh I'm sorry everyone has a different background okay, okay there we are so I was saying everyone has a yeah. different background a different set of um uh achievements and accomplishments that they've you know, already acquired over this time to where they're not going to fit 
just one mold, right? They have to tailor the application based on their background, based on what they've already accomplished or what they're still in the process of completing or accomplishing. So even though I have a seven-step method, which is packaged into a program that we do over six weeks live, um, even within that, we still find ourselves having to make sure that every person that's in that program can get tailored recommendations for them, okay? Um, because I can't, you, can't, you can't blanket statement everybody. Everybody has a different sort of circumstances. Um, and then there's opportunity if, you know, if this student or doctor needs a special set of, a, a different set of requirements or I need to pay special attention to them, there's opportunity for them to then use my private one-on-one -on -one exclusive coaching mm -hmm. as well. So that way everybody leaves with what they need, not necessarily what I want to give them. Nice. And I think there's also one question that's in the comments uh, by Dr. Intubate. Uh, apologies if I don't pronounce your username right, but he's asking, what's the success rate among the 300? How many made it to residency? So when they, what he means with residency, that he means that you have to pass residency, residency first and then you're gonna start practicing. Oh, I think we just lost. Dr. Lumer, is still there? I think it's loading. Can you guys still see me? By the way, oh, I think okay. She's trying to act. She's trying to join now. Uh oh. Let's see, let me accept her back in. There might be some network issues. But yes. Okay, you guys can all see me. Okay. Cool. Okay, great. Yeah. So, okay. Great. I can see oh, yeah. you now. I don't think that probably the network dropped or something, but we can see you now. Yes. So he's asking how many. So here's his question. His question is how many of your students matched into residency? That's his question. Um, and residency is the process of training in the U.S. and able to be able, being able to practice independently. Because here, you can't just walk in as a doctor and go work at a hospital. You have to get this additional specialization, I guess would be the way that it's defined in the U.K. Um, so to answer his question, we have to look at a broad, the statistics broadly, okay? Without any, with the current set of circumstances that we're in the U.S., we have a 50% match rate for IMGs. That means physicians who came into the match, the match is the system where we applied to get into residency. Um, and residency is the specialization process, process I was explaining earlier. As it stands right now, and it has been for the last year, there's been a steady increase for IMGs to apply um, from 20, 30, 40, and now we're at that 50%, okay? So if an individual applies by themselves, they stand maybe a half and half chance of matching, okay? And matching is dependent on multiple factors, okay? Matching is dependent on multiple factors, which are primarily individual factors. So I usually tell people that my program doesn't make you match because matching is independent of your individual factor. What my program does is, my program would help you create a competitive application so that you can be invited to interview, okay? So you can, we track our success by two metrics. One of them is the ability for you to obtain interview invitations. And then the second is your match rate. But we can train you all you want and we can give you every resource that you need and you create an application packet and you get interviews, but you do not know how to interview and therefore you do not match. That is not a direct result of my program. That is a direct result of your inability to interview well, okay? And so when people ask that question, they wanna know how many people have you placed into residency? And I tell them, 
Nobody can place you into residence. You place yourself into residence. And the current match rate is at a 50%. For my applicants, my students, who actually do what I tell them to do, who actually pass their exams, who actually use the way that I teach them to go, and they actually follow it to the T, we have an over 90% success rate. But that is dependent on the people who do the work. Because enrolling in a program and showing up once out of six weeks does not get you the success that you're looking for. Because the work is not in doing the program. The work is in applying what you're being taught during that program. So when people ask that question, I have to walk them through this whole process because it's not magic. No one, absolutely no coach in the world can produce results for you. You produce results for yourself. The only way you produce results is you take the words that your coach has given you and you actually implement it to the T. Yes. You don't try to make your version of it. You don't try to twist it around. You do the work because mm -hmm. you're not going to fail all your exams and expect a coach to get you into residence. Where <laughs> did you do your work, right? I'm not going to tell you to do this and you do the other thing. And then you only do a part of what I do or recommend for you to do. And then you expect results, right? Dr. Yawa is saying in the, yeah. in the chat, you know, it's dependent on, it's a mutual relationship and it's dependent on how much that person is willing to put into it. Yes. And that's so interesting because I even did a live about that recently, like coaching is a two way street. Like we teach you, but you have to do the work. You have to be the one to be implementing the work. If you're not going to be doing it, then you're not going to see the results. And you're so spot on on that. I agree. It's yeah. Like, even though, yeah, like you said, Dr. Yabo said, it's like the coach-coachee relationship. The coach still has to do the work. The coachee still has to do the work. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and and that's, that's the key part. That's the key part. It's when you visit a coach, and you can attest to this as a coach yourself, mm -hmm. Tammy. When you visit a coach, you have to learn to maximize your time with the coach. Yes. That's the first mistake people make when they're looking for coaching is they don't have a clear goal of why they need a coach yes. and it's our it's incumbent upon us to also explain to people what coaching does for them because sometimes you may be so inundated with the issue at mm -hmm. hand that you can't see clearly and so sometimes you need that coach to help you define clarity or help you achieve clarity but most people never think about attaining or achieving clarity with their problem mm -hmm. right and because they don't even, they're not clear on the problem, you can't even seek help because it's like, where do you go? Who do you go to? Mm -hmm. The one thing I would recommend for anybody listening who needs coaching, or you think you don't need coaching because you're like, I'm good. I don't need coaching. <laughs> Let me tell you that maybe the issue is you haven't clarified where you need the most help so that you can find who can help you the most because everyone can benefit from a coach. The question is, are you willing to identify that you have a deficiency or that you need help? That's, that's the big thing. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, when you approach a coach, let's say you have clarity on the problem that you're dealing with. So in your case, you may have, you know, somebody may have a problem with growing their business, trying to achieve, you know, a certain entrepreneurial lifestyle, or they're trying to achieve how to create strategy in their business or whatever. The key item for them is to identify my questions for my coach before my session. During my session, I'm listening and not doing all the talking because I'm here to learn. But I have clarity on the questions that I have for my coach so that they can help me achieve what I want. That's how you maximize your coach and mentee relationship or coach and coachee, like Dr. Yabo said. <laughs> I'm coining a new term here today, Dr. Yabo. That's how you maximize that relationship.
is by defining where your problems are and it's it's fine to call the problem because it's a problem that needs a solution mm -hmm. and a coach helps you gain that clarity and then helps you with the process of creating the solution but they cannot create the solution for you right so i just wanted to point that out because i feel like that's a that's usually a pain point for for a lot of people is if you're going to advance your professional career, you need to first of all determine where you're lacking. Yeah. If you're going to advance your personal <laughs> life, you need to determine where you're lacking. Okay. Yeah. I'm not the honey to money coach. Dr. Yabo is the honey to money coach, but I can touch on the aspects of relationships in the sense that if you don't identify your problem points and why your relationships have not worked up until today, you're not <laughs> going to have a successful relationship because you need to take ownership for where you're missing the mark. Yeah. Same thing with your professional life until you take ownership of what's lacking and say, hey, you know, here's my portfolio. This is what I have standing right now. Maybe as an IMG, I have done my exams or not done my exams. I have this and this and this. What can I do differently? You call me and I sit down with you and I run through what you have on hand. And I tell you, okay, within the next year, here's where you can improve. Here's what you could do. Same thing with you. If I was trying to start my business or establish a business, you reach out to Tammy and you say, okay, here's the things that I, you know, I have an idea, I have a gift, and I'm just looking for how I can leverage it, Tammy. Can you help me? And then you sit down with them and you help them achieve clarity. Mm -hmm. And once they achieve clarity, then you have a process then to help them implement in order to establish and grow their business. So I think like people need to first take ownership, take ownership of what you don't know, and then seek help for what you need to know. Yes, you're so spot on, so, so spot on. Very spot on. I just love you, Dr. Lung. I love you. Like, you're so spot on. Like, you just, sometimes it's very hard for me to even, like, explain it into words. But you just explained it so well. Like, you just explained how the, the way a coachee and a coaching relationship should work. And I, I totally agree. And that also kind of leads me to my next question. Because, you know, you mentioned as well, like, pain points. Like, what do you think are the main pain points that people have? Reason why they can't advance in their professional life. So I think there are so many of them. And I like to group them into personal factors, social factors, and then financial factors. Mm -hmm. um, if I say personal factors, personal factors could vary from person to person, but majority of them are around insecurities, fear, fear of the unknown, mm -hmm. um, actually a fear of success. People are afraid of doing well because it comes with pressure, it comes with feeling uncomfortable, it comes with building mm -hmm. courage, it comes with stepping out on faith. And those are things that are not easy, right? It takes a lot of like contemplating and should I do this? Should I not? Mm -hmm. So I think those are personal factors which you can't cure in a day, okay? You need a whole different level of therapy and counseling and coaching to get to address those personal issues. Social issues are based on what we're taking in. So personal issues are within, right? Social issues are without. They're outside of us. And they are, you know, what society is telling you, what you know, your mom and your grandma define for you or what your family has been able to achieve and why that's the benchmark for you, right? Or what people tell you because you're a woman or because you're a man or because you're straight or because you're gay or because, you know, you're a Christian or not. So all those, so those are all social things that come from the outside and weighing on you. Um, and then you have financial issues also, you know, starting off maybe requires an investment and some of us are just bad at managing money. Like we're just bad at managing what we have in our hand. Obviously, there's some people who can't afford certain things. But the majority of us that are sitting here with the smartphone in our hand could afford the smartphone, right? So we can afford internet. 
we can afford things that I would consider luxury. So if you can manage to get a, a phone that allows you internet, that allows you to be able to connect with people across the world on Instagram, on your time off, then you can rearrange your priorities, right? You can rearrange your financial priorities to get that investment to start. Mm -hmm. So the financial issues sometimes I tell people are, it's not that you don't have the money, it's that you have decided to use it in other places. And you have actually decided within yourself that it is not important to pay for someone to tell you how you can improve yourself. And when you make that determination in your subconscious, there is nothing that can change it for you. And unless you're willing to learn and you're willing to listen to people who are telling you, well, you pay for school, you pay for education. Med school was never free for anybody, right? Your training was never free for you. So why wouldn't you pay for education and support if it's going to get you to sort of skyrocket your career, whatever that may be as an entrepreneur? And so I think when you look at those factors, personal, social, and financial, yeah, they're there. But you have the power within you to to change those things, right? To change to change those things around you. Um, and I think I think that's it. You can bundle everything up in those three things, and absolutely, you'll find that the barriers always fall under those things, right? They always fall under those categories. Oh yes, definitely. I completely agree with you. And that's so interesting that you mentioned it as well, like your financial, like. A lot of people don't want to invest in themselves. They do want the better life, the better lifestyle, but they do not want to invest in themselves. Like, I, I don't know if you have invested before in a coach, but even I have invested before wanting to become a business analyst. I invested to become a business analyst by getting onto a program and help me teach me to become, get all these practical skills that they don't even teach you in university. And then also now a branding coach, which I then hired Dr. Yabo. So you do get money out of your investment. And a lot of people don't understand that, that you have to actually invest in yourself to make more money. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, <laughs> we have a very one track mind. Um, and, and that's just, again, the effect of society on us, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you're told that you, as a child, you go to school, you come back from school, you go to college or university. If you're like the rest of us, you then go to medical school or whatever. And you do a specialization, then you get married, then you have kids. And it's like, it's supposed to happen like bam, 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 bam. Mm. Um, and we have no problem, you know, investing into those things in the manner in which we do. But when it comes to the things that actually affect us directly and the things that would exponentially improve our lives, we have a problem with. Mm. That's why people have problems with eating right. People have problems with working out. People have more problems with eating right and working out than they do with doing things that harm their body yes right because it directly affects us we're easy to trash ourselves down then but we'll let everything else trash us down right we'll let our employee make us work overtime we'll let our teachers give us more homework we'll pay our teachers to fail us an exam to fail us in school right <laughs> but we will never invest in ourselves and so when i look at it and i say okay if, if i'm investing in myself and i'm taking out student loans to go to medical school then I come out of medical school and I see that I have a passion in coaching, in teaching, in education, and I have to pay for a program to help me be a better coach, to develop my gift, to allow my gift to grow. Why do you have a hard time doing that? Because it's for you. It's mm -hmm. your thing, right? So I had to remember and I had to talk to myself differently. Like at some point I had to readdress 
those insecurities within me that make me feel like I shouldn't invest in myself. You know, I, you know, I would pay big money to a school to teach me, but I wouldn't pay an individual to personalize my instruction and actually teach me as an individual, mm -hmm. not a blanket, you know, here's everything for everybody. This is me and you. Yet we have a hard time with that. But it's the same reason why we eat wrong. It's the same reason why we don't work out. It's the same reason why we don't take care of our bodies. We don't take care of ourselves. Because we're much, we feel much better with doing what society has told us to do than we feel about actually doing, like actually taking care of ourselves. Yes, actually doing what's right for us than what's been told yeah. to us. And that's so yeah. interesting, really, really interesting. Because even like, they always tell you, go to school, do this, do that. And then it's now even now only that entrepreneurship is becoming a lot more popular and a lot of people are kind of becoming tired of the nine to five. They know that it's not for them. They know that they might have more in store in them. So, you know, what do you think? Because there's a lot of people that are in that, okay, I'm doing my nine to five, but I hate it, but I want entrepreneurship. And then there's some people that are going into entrepreneurship knowing that they're actually not even ready for it. So do you believe that nine to five is for everyone and everybody should do an entrepreneurship? How are you? No, about? no, I, I don't think that, um, entrepreneurship is for everyone and I don't think nine to five is for everyone um I personally will not leave my nine to five job <laughs> that's just me I am not in that position to do that it's not mm -hmm. my passion to not work I like working actually <laughs> so I'll always be a physician um uh, but the way in which I'll be a physician will differ mm -hmm. I would not be a physician that is mandated to work Except when you're in training, you don't have much of a choice because you are, you know, learning and there's a set schedule for you. There's set rules and things like that. But beyond your training, once you're out of residency training or out of your fellowship training, you can choose to work nine to five if you want. Mm -hmm. You can choose to do nine to five and be an entrepreneur. Yes. You can choose to be an entrepreneur and not do a nine to five. I don't have a problem with that. You do what works for you and to each their own. I am always going to be an entrepreneur. I think I've always been an entrepreneur. Like my mom used to tell me when I was like, well, not well, when I was young, I used to sell stuff. Like I used to sell like plantain chips. I remember selling secondhand clothes. And this is all back home in Cameroon. <laughs> you know, my brother had like a, he opened a restaurant at one point and I was like serving people at that restaurant. Um, I used to go clean at my mom's private practice. Like my job was to clean the windows and she would pay us, right? So there are things that I used to do as a child that were entrepreneurship that I didn't even think of. When I was in med school, I used to sell weaves, hair weaves. Um, I'll buy from a girl that went to med school in China and she'll send them to me and I'll resell them. And I made profit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I never woke up one day, I was like, I'm gonna be an entrepreneur. And I, that's why I don't even see what I do directly as entrepreneurship because i didn't wake up until i'm gonna start blogging to be an entrepreneur mm -hmm. i was just blogging because i was in a hard place and in the process of doing that it evolved and evolved and evolved into where i realized that based on all my hardship i'd acquired a lot of wisdom that i could share with other people so i think to each their own i think once you go in with the mindset that i must quit my nine to five to be an entrepreneur you're missing the mark <laughs> or once you go with the mindset that I must be an entrepreneur or I must be a nine to five and I can't be an entrepreneur, you're missing the mark. Um, I think be oh, everybody, you know yourselves. I can't tell you who you are, but you know who you are and you know what works for you and you know what's best for you. And maybe if you have a business idea, maybe you reach out to a business analyst like Tammy and say, I have a business idea, but I have a nine to five. Like, how can I leverage this 
How can I build up on it? How can I grow it? And there are people out here like Tammy who are, that's what they do. And they'll help you analyze your situation and your business and yeah. help you grow with it. Yes, definitely. That's so, so true. And you know, the funny thing is as well, like a lot of people think that you won't be able to balance both because I am still balancing both. I am still doing a nine to five and also what people call entrepreneurship. I'm a coach, branding coach. So it is possible. I, I you do it as well. You're a podcaster, you're, you know, academic coach, you do so much as well. So, you know, what, what is your advice? Because there's so many people think that you can't balance both, have multiple in, in, income streams, and then maybe once your entrepreneurship or once you start becoming a coach or starting a business, get that business to grow and then maybe leave your nine to five. What's yeah. your advice on that? Um, so like my advice specifically on, on what part? Can you clarify the question for me, please? Yeah, so how to balance both? Because you know, there's some people that might be like, like you, physician, yeah. thinking of, okay, I, want, I do wanna go into entrepreneurship, but I don't think I can do both. Or yeah. if I want to it's, actually transition. It's not easy. It's not yeah. easy, that's for sure. It's hard. It's very hard to do. It's very hard. And so if you are lazy, it's not going to work. So just forget <laughs> it. Just let somebody employ you, right? Everybody's not meant to be an entrepreneur. Um, it's very hard. And I think so when I started, um, I was in residency. I was helping people for free. Like I never charged anybody for it. I was doing this stuff for free for years, many years before. I developed my seven step program, which helps IMGs to create a competitive application. So then I had a product and a service um, and that's where it became a paid program because it was actually a tangible service and a product associated with it. Then I wrote some books or I shouldn't say some books, one book, one and a half book. <laughs> I wrote two books and started to sell them too. And so in the process of doing that, I learned a lot um, but it peaked for me when I was in full-time practice, like working as a hospitalist, um, which is working in a hospital setting. My schedule was a little bit different in the sense that I had chunks of time that I took off to work on my business and chunks of time where I worked as a doctor in the hospital. Um, I decided to do a fellowship, which is go back into training um, last summer. Uh, and I started that and I have five more months left and I can't wait to be done. <laughs> I have five <laughs> more months left, but it's been a great learning experience. And I did that again for multiple reasons. One of the reasons I did it, which is not the only reason, it's a minor factor. I have major factors and minor factors. One of the minor factors was because obviously I did it because I wanted a different clinical skill set, which is the primary reason. I wanted to serve people in a different manner. But one of the other reasons I did it was the flexibility with picking out my schedule and not having to work in a setting that would require me to work so many days in a row. And so that way I can really infuse my entrepreneurship lifestyle into my medical lifestyle without missing out on both. But in order to do that, Tammy, I had to sacrifice one year to go get the skill set in something I was truly mm -hmm. passionate about, which is emergency medicine. Yeah. I, I sort of have been passionate about it for a few years, but just thought it was too late because I'd already started on another path. And I, tell, I told myself, you know what? I'm gonna go invest in myself for one year. Um, mm -hmm. and come out and I don't intend to work more when I come out. I just intend to be able to work differently and be able to balance my entrepreneurship lifestyle along with mm -hmm. my medical lifestyle in a manner that doesn't require me to show up to work every day. And so for me, it was a way, it was a way to balance it all out. Even though in doing that, I've sacrificed 12 months that have been very intense 
And so now I don't have the freedom as I did before, mm -hmm. but it's not after June this year, I'll be done with it. So I'm mm -hmm. like five more months of suffering for a better outcome. I can do it. Mm -hmm. um, but to answer your question, I don't know that I balance it all well. Um, I just take it a day at a time. I make a calendar, mm -hmm. I make a schedule and I go with it. Well, I think you do because you're doing so much. And I was like, I listened even to your podcast and I was like, whoa, like if people only knew how much, how hard is even just managing one page and then having like multiple. So yes, you're definitely doing good. Really good. <laughs> well, thank you, Tammy. I appreciate it. That's yeah, we even said that oh, you often have to serve for free for a while before monetizing. Uh, people don't even want to do anything to serve people for free. Yes, that's so true. And then I think there was another question. Um, I think that was from Winnie. Let me scroll back. Why are these such widespread issues globally? So I think she was probably referring to where we were talking about the challenges or where we were referring to the pain points, maybe. Winnie, yeah, let's so, this live. Um, if you could yeah, clarify the question. So I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I think I understand the question because it was mm -hmm. right after we talked about the, the barriers that people face and why are they global because there's nothing new under the sun right that's why problems are going to exist until we leave this world and problems don't change because you're born into the world right yes and um that's why i could be in america and i encountered these same obstacles the personal the social the financial and someone's in cameroon where i'm from and they'll still encounter the same obstacles it may be different that they may have those obstacles plus a lack of resources or plus a lack of internet or plus a lack of something else, but it doesn't change the fact that these factors still exist. And so when you realize that, then you realize that you can get coaching from anyone, anywhere, even if they're not in your country, because they come with a different experience, but the problems are the same. And so that's why you could be in the UK and I'm in the US I'm, and I'm in Tennessee, Dr. Yabo is in Georgia. Um, but as, as a coach, you encounter the same issues and you're helping people through the same set of issues, though they're different categories, um, because there's nothing new under the sun. And if you have a problem, you reach out for help. It's never going to change, right? The only question is where and when. So that's why I think it's the same, because we're all human and we share similar life experiences, even though we're from different walks of life and we're in different geographic regions. It's just the laws of the universe. And it's just the way that God created earth is that mm -hmm. there's just gonna, that's just how it's going to be. So I don't know how to explain it uh, beyond the fact that sometimes we just have to accept that that's what life is. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's so true. And it's so good as well now that you can access anyone now, especially via Instagram on the internet. Everybody, you can get someone that like me, I'm in the UK, but I have like clients all over the world and you can actually help people all over the world. So yeah. I definitely oh yeah I, you know like last year when when i did my live program i had doctors from saudi arabia on, in the program i had um there was a country that stood out to me oh my gosh i care where's tree from um i want to say malaysia or singapore i had a doctor from malaysia and another doctor from right. singapore so you just have people from all over the world and it's amazing to me how that happens right it's amazing. I had I have physicians from South America, Central America, um, the United Kingdom, Ireland, actually. Um, so, you know, and even in my one-on-one -on -one program, I remember doing a, a session the other day with a doctor from South Africa. You mm -hmm. know, another one was in Israel. I remember coaching a lady from, <laughs> a physician from Israel. 
and and we do these coaching calls from wherever they're calling from you know mm -hmm. and they're applying from india pakistan i have a lot of students in india and pakistan um nigeria is another big big area for me as well cameroon obviously because i'm from cameroon and so there's that attraction factor there mm -hmm. um but but you can get help across the world yes. today without yes. doing anything mm -hmm. but besides being on your phone and we're all here on our phones all the time i spent a lot of time this morning on instagram because i was uh doing some just live chat with my audience um regarding uh, family medicine as a specialty um but yeah you you know you can spend a lot of time on your phone doing that mm -hmm. or you can spend a lot of time on your phone learning you know mm -hmm. from somebody else from miles away and growing your career and getting that branding um coaching that you need or the business analytics that you need um or the medical coaching for your career that you need whatever that is for you it's so much easier to do those things now yes and that's also gives a, another reason why they're there's no excuse to advancing. There's so much, like there's you that can help people like that are international graduates, medical graduates, you can help them really literally give them that roadmap. And then there's like people like me that I can, I can also help people that are wanting to start their own business, need help with a bit of branding, need help with even people that want to um, elevate in their professional lives, maybe right through getting into the world of tech, I, you know, there's so much help around us. And I also think that's also to do with maybe the pandemic because now like with the pandemic, we're kind of also forced to all stay indoor and kind of also make people a lot realize, okay, you know what? I want to do better for themselves. So I wonder how has the pandemic affected your, you know, in your industry, the medical field, has it like been a good impact or a bad impact? I wonder how it, I just wonder. I think it's negatively affected us obviously mm -hmm. because yeah. A lot of us are like on the front lines and see the suffering and the, we deal with the aftermath of every everybody else's decisions um whether it's you know decisions around how you take care of yourself or don't take care of yourself or decisions around you know when you choose to seek care so we're dealing with that and then obviously the burden of um having to work um more than maybe we're normally used to in order to meet the need and in many ways, that's what we signed up for. Um, because I think if any, if there was any time for medicine, if you think about the reality of what we do, we're supposed to be here for times like this, like a pandemic. Mm -hmm. That's why, that's really why we go to medical school. Um, but obviously life happens. We don't ever see a pandemic in our lifetimes. And then all at once here we are, and it's a new experience for all of us. But fundamentally, I think anybody who went to medical school or nursing school, this is why you did it was to mm -hmm. be able to help people during this type of season. Um, so it's been emotionally draining for a lot of physicians in many ways. But the thing that I've seen that encourages me a lot is how badly my students still want to be physicians. And it tells me that the reason that they're wanting to do it almost it's like it's that purpose that calling that's behind you that tells you that there's nothing else you could do kind of thing because i don't understand why else you would still want to do it if you're not if it's not like your only passion in life so that's been very encouraging because you know on one hand i'll deal with the clinical side and taking care of patients i mean i worked in the icu and you have people dying on you all the time from this um, disease and then you come out of that and you have a student reach out to you and say I want this so bad. Can you help me? Can you help me create my application? Oh, working with students behind the scenes. I wasn't on social media as much because I was constantly behind the scenes 
helping my students on a one-on-one -on -one basis, working on the personal statements, coaching them through interviews. And through all of that, I still noticed that they wanted, they still want to practice medicine. And that just tells me that they're, maybe they're the right doctors for this season, right? Because they, they still want it so badly, despite, mm -hmm. despite what we're seeing on the front, on the front line. So I think it's in, in, you know, on the clinical side, it was stressful mm -hmm. and it still sometimes is, but on the side of being a coach, it was actually kind of inspiring for me to see that people are still wanting to pursue their me medical goals in spite of how difficult it's been for physicians during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Nice. And that's even soon said as well, Dr. Lumen's goals, and she's trying to help others, which is beautiful. And I think it's beautiful, really beautiful. So nice. And like you said, it's, it's true. Like if you want something, you, you go for it. If you really want something out of life, you're definitely going to work hard for it. So it doesn't matter if there is a pandemic or anything that's going to block you. If that's what you want, if that's your calling, you're going to work for it. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. A hundred percent. Then another question. How much do you delegate, Dr. Loon? Has, how has delegating helped you with all you do? So I delegate a lot. And so when people sometimes don't realize this because they, you know, you, you may come on, on social media and think that I'm the one doing all these pages, right? Because I have, I have about, I have three pages on social media. Um, one is my IMG robot page, which is uh, the page where I write all the advice and stuff for, for my students um, and direct them to different articles and resources that I believe will help them in their career. And I have my personal page, which I'm behind. And I have a third page, which is my short-term vacation rental page, which I never post up on my Insta my personal Instagram because it has nothing to do with mm -hmm. anything I'm doing in the IMG world. And that's a separate business that I run. And so what people don't realize is I have help. Mm -hmm. I have also leveraged the expertise of other people to develop this. So yes, I write the content. I create the content. But they help me with the page look, the the graphics, the you know, the behind the scenes work that it takes. I write the content, they put it up. And I communicate with my students. And so that way I can focus on what I'm good at. I can focus on communicating with my students because I know what to tell them when they have questions. And I can focus on writing the content that I know that they need. But then I don't have to be the one creating the graphics. I don't have to be the one posting the graphics when I create them. I don't have to be the one linking the bio or putting the link you know i don't have to be the one doing that like we talked about i asked you hey tammy when we do the session can i can i grab the audio from this so i can share with my podcast audience well what i'm going to do is i'm going to have somebody help me do that so that that way i'm not using my talent in the wrong place because she's talented at those types of things she can rip an audio from a video in two seconds i'll be struggling right to do it so i delegate a lot and same thing with managing my social media page that's related to the vacation rental. I have help. Like I get somebody to run that. I get somebody to manage that. And it doesn't interfere with my IMG work because it, ha it has nothing to do with it. And so delegation is the best way. And in many ways, getting a coach is delegating. Yeah. <laughs> because you're saying you're getting help to say, okay, just make it, make it easy for me so I can just do what I need to do. Um, so in a way, in a way, you're delegating career decisions, business decisions, so that it can be simplified for you to just carry out and get results. Um, so I'm a fan of delegating 
and like to use people at the level of the expertise. And I don't mean using in the sense of abusing them, but I would pay for their service because they have expertise in that thing. So that person has expertise in making my IMG page look good. She uses brand colors. She uses certain fonts. Mm -hmm. She does all the things. I just have to take the picture. I just have to write the content. And so in a set, in the same sense, I know what I'm good at. I'm good at talking to an IMG and helping them figure out where they could be better and how they could improve themselves and how they could do this and this and strategize. So I'd much rather do that. Yes. Delegating is so, so important. So important. Like, I, I wish a lot more people do that because there's a lot of people that just want to do everything themselves. They believe that they don't need help. So you have, you know, you have these people that they think that they can't do it, but then you also have people that know that they need help, but they don't want to seek help. They just want to do it all themselves. <laughs> I used to be that person. <laughs> I used to be that person who thought I never needed help until I found myself running myself to the ground. And then you're like, help is actually a good thing. Mm -hmm. It's a really good thing. You know, I... I have very, I have detached myself from the independent mindset mm -hmm. to an interdependent mindset. So there's nothing wrong with being, re relying on people. It's how you rely on them that matters. It's how you, you can't like bestow all your problems on somebody else and expect them to, mm -hmm. but you can know the limit in which you're going to approach them for help and you're going to get a certain level of help, but you have to do a certain amount of work. And so I think that when you, when you look at life from that standpoint, you're not afraid to ask for help because you're not expecting them to come over and take over doing your work for you, but they can help you. Yes, I agree. I agree. I'm going to see if there's some questions. Um, are you still good with time? Uh, I, know um, I may have to run because I have a, I have to go work out. Yeah. Um, because in part of building part of your professional life and, and part of building your life in general is taking care of yourself. And so that's why I, I came on here kind of dressed in my workout clothes because I was like, I have my workout <laughs> shoes on and I already have my, my hair. Because I was like, as soon as I'm done with mm -hmm. the life, I have to go work out so that there's nothing mm -hmm. that comes in the way between me sitting on this couch and deciding, oh, I could just watch a movie. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> so again, part of, you know, self-coaching is preparing yourself mm -hmm. for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Oh, yes. That's, that's really, really good advice. That's good advice. Yes. No, um, that's fine. We'll round up because I don't want, you know, I'm so grateful to have your time here as well. And I, I know that, you know, you're also very, very breezy. Is there, so, you know, any final world, words, advice that you want to give anyone on this life to advance in their business or professional life? Yeah. I think personally, my, my personal success, I believe, is God-given. And I believe that started off with seeking answers from within. Um, so that's what I would tell other people is instead of looking to everybody and society, let your let God guide you within yourself and let your intuition guide you. You will meet people and you'll know who's meant to help you and who isn't. And when you find that person that is able to help you, don't let anything stand in the way of seeking their help or hiring their help. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with investing in yourself. Um, so don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to, um, to allocate time, resources toward your own personal growth. Because that's the only way you'll evolve. Is if The quickest way to evolve is letting somebody else who's done what you want to do show you the way. Yes. Because you try to stumble through and it will take you a much longer time when you could just do the investment of getting their help. 
and cutting a work in half. Very, very, very true. Very true. And that kind of also like all the questions, if you guys still have questions or you need help, don't be afraid to seek help. Like Dr. Loom can help you if you're, because I can see there's a few questions around like how to, to finish, how you finish your final years, any strategies, how can I, I think there was another question as well around tips on getting into PhD program. So go to yeah, Dr. Follow Loom. follow my yeah. page. Yeah, go to Dr. Loom, follow her. Follow Dr. Loom today. Follow my page and we'll have more conversations like this. We'll have more yes. live. I do webinars all the time and we can answer all these questions on there. Yes. And then, or even just get one-on-one -on -one because a lot of people need one-on-one -on -one help. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't be afraid to get one-on-one -on -one coaching. There's nothing I don't bite. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're fantastic. You definitely won't bite. So like there's a lot of people that need more than just, you know, a mem membership they need that one-on-one -on -one, so and you're fantastic you have a wealth of knowledge and there's a lot of people that you can help so make sure you go to dr loom's dms and then if you are interested in any entrepreneurship if you want to start your own business you can also come to me but yeah if you're a medical student make sure that you get to dr loom she's fantastic and she can help you she can get you from a to z with her roadmap <laughs> <laughs> uh thank you well thank again. you well <laughs> thank you well it's my it pleasure to be on here with you. It was echt leuk om je te hebben op mijn live. I'm not getting complicated. <laughs> I know. I know. I heard what you said. You said thanks for coming on my live set. Uh, oh, it was my pleasure to have you on the live or something like that. Yes. Yes. That yeah. Was, yes. <laughs> it's my pleasure to have you on. Live. Um, there, there are some things that I, I can pick up on. If someone's speaking Dutch next to me, I just can't speak it. But it's a it's a difficult language, especially when we go in our. <laughs> yeah oh yeah everything has to do with the palate like the the palate like the there are just so Le many words like, like her yeah they're like very it has to do with like the hard palate like getting uh, your tongue on your hard palate but just like really lightly to so enunciate like, you know, the words you know the hague so the real word for the hague is gravenagen <laughs> oh really so it's not it's not den haag no it's not den haag the real word is gravenagen but they're certain it's a den haag Oh, that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> that makes sense. Wow. Haven had. Yes. Okay. Well, Don't worry, someday. Some more Dutch words. Yeah, <laughs> next absolutely. time we go online, we'll talk, talk some Dutch. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to get my Dutch book out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I can teach you. All right. <laughs> but yeah, dear. it was so amazing having you on my life. And enjoy your workout. I really Thank enjoyed you. it. Um, make sure anyone that joined late make sure you watch the replay and make sure you follow dr loom she's amazing she can help you with all tips about transitioning from an international medical graduate into a practitioner like yourself like a physician so make sure that you reach out to dr loom she can help you and then if you are interested in starting your own business starting your online business if you're tired of your nine to five you know nine to five is not for you you can also reach out to me I'm your branding coach. So yes, thank you so much, Dr. Loom. I really enjoyed this conversation with you. You have a wealth of knowledge and yeah, have a lovely day. And thank you so much for joining. Oh, I think we lost her already, but yeah. <laughs> thank you all. Thank you all for joining my live. So make sure you all follow her and see you soon. Look at you. I'm so proud of you for listening until the very end. And because of that, you deserve a reward. And I want you to go right now to drninaloom.com and download any of my free ebooks, whether it's for electives or clinical rotations, or even just whatever trials come your way as you navigate your IMG journey. Stay tuned for another episode coming up next.